Welcome to the Golf Show with Jeff Kolpak on 740 The Fan. Honey, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! The Golf Show is presented to you by Michelob Ultra. Also brought to you in part by Fargo Park District Public Golf Courses, Forest Hills Resort, Moorhead Parks, Wildflower Golf Course, and Austed's Golf. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Now, let's head to the first tee. This guy's pretty good. And here's your host, Jeff Kolpak. And this is Jeff Kopak. This is not Vern Lundquist. It'd be nice to have Vern come to the uh, Pine of Palm tourney and make a little guest appearance. Uh, that would be um, something uh, that would be pretty cool. I think Vern is the greatest announcer out there, one of them. And, you know, the, the, the I think the sport in general, is, is, in the golf channel, I can just uh, go up and down, left and right, and watch it all day long. But maybe that's just me. Welcome to another show. We are in August on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM. The golf show always coming to you from KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios and presented by Michelob Light. This is Jeff Kopak. I'm your host. Later in the show, Jim Bruflot is the chairman of the Pine of Palm Golf Tournament. He will join us as usual. Jim's been uh, at the chair for several years, and he is in his last year. So a little, um, a, a little. Uh, mem- we're going to go down memory lane, I think, with Jim certainly for a little bit. But first, and, and it is Pine of Palm Week, by the way. And why not have the defending champion on? Ian Simnich has uh, had a lot of success in his young. Ian, what are you? Twenty? Nineteen years old? Uh, Eighteen. You're eighteen. God, you're just a pup. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Good. I'm. Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. How's the summer going? What's been going on with you? Uh, it's been good so far. Um, Golf game has been it's it's been if iffy. Um, definitely hasn't been what I've wanted this summer, but I've gotten some good things out of it. Uh, took a trip down to North Carolina playing the U.S. Junior Am, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a great experience. Didn't play the best, had a couple bad holes, but I mean that's what's going to happen in USGA event. You have to play pretty solid to um, to do what you want in those kind of tournaments. Does a young golfer golfer ever feel satisfied though? Do you know? Do you ever feel like okay, I, I'm where I'm at and I'm good and 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 let's uh, let's go play another tournament. Um, I think as golfers in in, in general, yeah. um, you're never really satisfied. You know, every I think every golfer comes off um, coming off rounds and oh, I should have made this put, should have made that. Like I should have shot. Oh, it's a game I could have, would have, should have. Yeah, you uh, should have right. shot 67. But um, um, yeah, it's just it's hard to be satisfied in the game that we play. Um, but I think finding things and setting goals is is a big part of what um, I try to do coming into this um, into the summers and into each season and um, that kind of feels the satisfaction a little bit. I think controlling your emotions is is so huge, and I think it's tougher as a younger golfer. You're just coming off your senior year at Moorhead High heading to North Dakota State, but controlling your emotions and and, and not leaving 18 just solely frustrated and not enjoying it. I think you got to find the mix, don't you not? Uh, I agree with that 100%. Um, I know this past week I played in the junior boys at DL, and I came off. Um, the first round, and I was just, I was very mad. I was very upset with myself. Finished with four bogeys in my last six holes to shoot 73, winning that tournament. The winner ended up being like 11 under yeah. in two days, and um, you just can't do that out there. But um, the next day, I shot one of the, like, it seemed like the most frustrating 69s I've ever shot. It was like, <laughs> I, I wish I could a, do that. Missed yeah. a couple pods in here and there, but um, um, yeah, uh, controlling your emotions is something that I try to do um, every round, and then. 
I think that's what those four bogeys in the last six holes, that's kind of what yeah. cost me there. I, kind of, I was trying to force stuff and um, just kind of got in my own head and let, let the moment get to me. I think golf is a is a game of dealing with fa- failures. And after I three putt, which happens <laughs> probably more often than I want to, I give myself 10 steps to forget about that and move on to the next thing, the next hole. And not that I'm a real competitive golfer and I get bothered anyway, but how do you deal with something like that, Ian? Um, I guess I don't have a certain thing that I do um, after something bad happens, but it's it's a lot of it's just breathing. Um, kind okay. of in through your nose, out through your mouth is what I've been told. And uh-huh. um, so I just do a little bit of breathing and then maybe think about something other than golf just for that split second, and then um, get back into the the next tee shot or wherever I am on the course. Have you gotten better at that? I think so. Um, and there's different moments like when. It, where I feel um, mm-hmm. in my golf game, where it's easier mm-hmm. when I when I know I'm playing well, it's definitely easier to get over something like that. Where I I I can make up shots on the next few holes, or um, but obviously then there's harder times when you're not playing as well, and it's mm-hmm. um, it's harder to do that. But you just got to stick to it, um, and just keeping that same mindset routine, you could say, um, definitely helps limit um, the frustration on the course. And yeah, it's something that I I try to do. Um, I think I do a decent job. Yeah, obviously. Uh, the word is grind, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's overused, and just like the word culture, I think, is overused in athletics, sports in general, especially football. But it's true. It, it's true. And and we talked with Jake Scarper a couple weeks ago. You talk about the grind on a match play. He played mm-hmm. two, two, mat, two matches every day in winning the North Dakota match play. Have you had a, a tournament like that where you've maybe got one or two match play tournaments? And we'll talk about the pine in a little bit. But I think it's the grind factor that's so, and if you can handle that, that's so big. It is. Um, I guess other other than the pine, I really haven't had um, kind of that that moment where I need to grind. And I, I I'm sure I actually have. I just mm-hmm. can't think of it off the top of my head. But um, one I can think of is the the state am um, after I won the junior boys. Uh, I, I had that was a really good summer for me. It was yep. after my sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, and we played summer B, which. That was my first state am I had ever played in, and I shot 71, 71, 73 to finish tied for seventh, which was good enough to get exempt into the next year yep. at Edina. And um, the scores were, I thought at that time, were really low. Mm-hmm. I mean, the winner was like seven under, um, but I came to figure out that was not. Just kind of with Minnesota golf the next year, um, Frankie Sappin won with like 12 under. Uh, this year I didn't play because of the U.S. Junior Am, but it, I saw the scores at um at yep. Rush Creek, and they were like 13, 14, 15 under. And, um, and it was really windy those three days. Um, and that was probably the hardest I've ever grinded in yeah. a tournament. And I, 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 felt, I felt very satisfied after that tournament just because of how hard it was and how windy it was. And the course was playing very long. And I was still um, a sophomore in high school, and I yeah. was able to shoot 71, 71, 73 on a, on a college golf course. And I thought um, that was the really only time, other than the pine, I think mm-hmm. I've really had to – grind which is you wouldn't think of that but yeah. there's grinds in every tournament but this was just a different kind of grind that i felt this is extra grind yeah <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. ian simonich is the defending champion of the pine of palm this is jeff kopak this is the golf show on 740 the fan and 107.3 fm 740thefan.com is the web address you can always catch the podcast on that and inform.com also is the pod, is the podcast all right let's go back to last year Take us through the tournament, maybe from start to finish. You don't have to go through every shot, yeah. but uh, before the final match, what stands out for you, um, if anything? Kind of just how I processed the whole thing after mm-hmm. I beat Andrew in the morning. Um, 
defending champion Andrew Israelson, yeah. who uh, just finished his NDSU career. Yep. Yeah, we played we played an awesome match in the morning, and I was I think I was seven under, and he was four under through fifteen. It was wow. I mean, there was no mm-hmm. bogeys in the match; it was all birdies. Um, after after beating him, I kind of I got I was the first semifinal off, so then I went back kind of in the main area there mm-hmm. at DL and. Um, kind of was hearing what was going on with the other match, and I got a good tip from Mark Johnson just to say, hey, go home and, like, take a nap. And I thankfully have a cab in 20 minutes from there. So I, yeah. I went home, took a shower, um, took a nap, and kind of just chilled out for about an hour and a half and mm-hmm. changed clothes just yeah. to, to feel better because it was hot out. Um, and I got back, and I just I, I was pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the only time I was really nervous, which was surprising to me, was on the first tee shot. Okay. After that, um, we both have the holes with birdie on the first hole, and I just felt right you in it. You talk about your title that. match with Correct. Pat Dietz. Correct. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, I felt right in it, and then from there I was able to just uh, just do my thing, and it, it worked out. That's a good tip. Were you going to stay around and hang in the clubhouse and have a sandwich? What were you going to do? Um, I, w- I probably would have bummed around there for a little while. Um. I don't know. My dad might have been playing too. He was playing in the mid-am mm-hmm. um, at that time, but uh, yeah, I, I I was I was thinking about going. I was on the fence whether I was going to go home or not. And then he kind of I was standing there with Lucas and Mark, and mm-hmm. um, he kind of just said, "From past winners, I've heard like this is kind of the best way to do it." And I just thought, I mean, why not listen to it? I'm young. I take all the advice I can get, and went home and took a little nap and. Um, Eight and took yeah. a shower and got back to the course. I'm trying to find the score. I can't find it. Remember what it ended up with you and Pat? I believe it was four and two. So you were playing pretty well most of the day there. Yeah, I played um, played really solid. Uh, I, we birdied the first hole. Um, I three-putted the second hole. I won mm-hmm. the third. Um, and then I ended up making birdie on five, six, and seven. And then I went with par and eight to go four up. Um, I was four up through nine, and I just... I knew it wasn't over because the year before, I remember watching Nate Adams and Andrew Israelson playing. Izzy was like four up, same kind of deal, four up through nine, and um, mm-hmm. Nate got it to to extra holes. Yeah. So I knew I couldn't um, take anything for granted and just you know kind of coast in. So I I just played really solid. I made a bunch of pars on the back nine. I didn't do anything um, exciting, I guess, until really the sixteenth hole when I hit my tee shot way left mm-hmm. uh, when I was uh, when I was dormy, and then I punched it to about um, eight feet and made the putt for birdie, but. Uh, um, yeah, that that's kind of what I remember, and oftentimes when I'm, this summer I've actually gone back and thought about those thoughts from those rounds, and um, they're good memories, and it gets me through th- um, the tough times. So 16 is the short dogleg part four, so, so you're obviously right. not using driver on there, are no, you? No, I, I remember hitting 7-iron, and I, yeah, I, and you I, yanked hit, a seven I iron. hit it way left. Yes, that Into was the right playground at, there, or what? <laughs> not quite. That's yeah. why I hit 7-iron. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I, was, I, was, I haven't been over there since then. Um, um, yeah, and then I hit like a really good punch shot right in between those two bunkers, and it rolled up to right up there to like six or eight feet. And yeah. do any of your scratch golfers go for the green there? Um, I do. You I do. do. I do sometimes. You I will do. Ne- I will never do it in a tournament. Okay. Um, unless I'm maybe I need to force something to match play this upcoming week, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, when I'm out playing for fun with some buddies, every once in a while, if the wind's off the left, yeah. um, you can either you can cut a hard three wood or even like take a. Like, Baby and just slice and yeah, drive. It's a great hole for it that. is. Yeah, you got to think. You got to yeah. think of that hole. Ian Simonich, defending champion of the Pine of Palm. This is Jeff Kopak. We're going to take a break. More on the Pine, and we're going to talk about Ian and his future at NDSU. A lot of good stuff. Stay with us. Backspin. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. 
And we are back. This is the golf show. This is Jeff Kopak on 740 The Fan. Ian Simonich is the guest. Is that song on your is that on your playlist? I've Backspin? Never heard, I've never heard of it. I was listening to that. Yeah. Hit it low on the groove and I, I you know, I wish I could do that, actually. <laughs> uh Defending the pint of palm, is that a thought? Is it a whole new summer? Do you do you think about it all, or is that just old news? Um, I'd be lying to you if I said I okay. haven't thought about it before. Thank you for um, being honest. Um, yeah. No, it's kind of always in the back of your mind, I think. Um, as the one seed, you have the target on your back. Mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I think I just have to go. I've, I just got to go into it thinking, you know, anybody in the round of 64 can make birdies, especially out at the, the Detroit Country Club. Um, so I'm just going to take it one hole at a time and – um, hopefully things go my way like they did last last year. Before we look ahead, I want to look back a little bit. Uh, you were a Mr. Minnesota Golf finalist. You went to the banquet. Uh, the other finalists were Josh Galvin from Maple Grove, Leo Geller from Mankato West, Carson Heron from Minnetonka, Brady Holland from Elk River, Davis Johnson from Chaska, Ian Meyer from Minnetonka, and Brett Reed from Community Christian in Wilmer, which is some pretty good company there. Yeah. There was a banquet for that. What was that like? I know Kate Smith was the MC. Yeah. Or no, uh, she was a guest speaker. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, it was really cool. Um, unfortunately, I had to miss the Red River Ram, which yeah, I kind of yeah. got kind of bummed about. But uh, no, it was for a good reason. Um, uh, it was really cool. We got to hear um, Kate kind of how she grew up in the game mm-hmm. and. And from me being from Moorhead, pretty close to yeah. to, uh, to Kate and DL, um, and always playing at the Ironman where her parents own the course, it was fun to hear that, and then have other people in the room hear that too. Um, just how she how she worked really hard, and how she got where she did by working hard um, and being grateful for what she had. She grew up on a par three course, so obviously her her short game has always been spot on. Uh, you grew up, I think, you'd play a lot in Meadows, didn't you? Uh, a little or, bit. There. Is that Village Green? Village mostly? Green mostly. Yep. Uh, but you didn't have the par three course necessarily. Did you have to work on your short game? Maybe more than say a Kate Smith growing up. Um, I think I, I did. Mm-hmm. I did a lot because when I my first few tournaments when I had moved back to like the men's tees when I'd play in the Steve Widener, yeah. um, I didn't hit very far. I would hit at two twenty, so I would hit driver three wood hybrid whatever. So a lot of times I was missing the greens and I had to get up and down. So mm-hmm. I think by default my short game got good because of that because I wasn't. Um, I didn't hit it far off the tee at that young age, which so you're always around the green. Yes, yep, yep. Um, and I think that's kind of how um, I got comfortable being around the greens and being able to have hit different shots and seeing just a, a ton of different shots and putts and how they how they react around here. Um, and that's kind of how I always, when I think about it, that's how I kind of pride myself and how I got good at. So I was part of the WDY Telecast of the Ritter Valley yep. Am, and we thought maybe you'd be in it, but then I saw the bank and I thought, ah, oh, you know what, you can't that. That only comes around once. You can the Red River Rams not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, the telecast was great. Maybe hopefully you'll be in next year, and I'll be following you, and then I'll be asking you know you'll be yeah this nagging TV reporter keeps <laughs> asking me what club it is, how far it is. So uh, I'll ask for your patience. But yeah. uh, the players were great this year. That was fun. Yeah, so it looks like, a and lot that's uh, you know, and what they do, and I, I learned about this is uh, a lot of the announcers and the caddies they they have like hand signals. Like, oh really? Like, yeah, and I didn't know this where. Oh. The caddy will go to uh, uh, Dottie Pepper on on the course yeah. and hold up like seven fingers or something as a seven iron. Really? So so the caddies really help out. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, Get a good caddy for me, all right? Yeah. Awesome. NDSU this fall, how excited are you for that? I'm really excited. It's coming fast here. I got about 15 days now until I move into the dorm. Um, and then we kind of start that first week of practice and then the Bobcat. Um, and then we head right, jumping right into the, the, the fall schedule. Um, I'm really excited, really um anxious to see like how my game mm-hmm. um 
transfers to the college level and um, see how he can compete on that stage. Have you seen the head coach, Steve Kennedy, lurking in the woods watching you this summer? I've talked to him a few times. Yeah, I yeah. talked to him last week. We walked after my round, and we kind of talked about the U.S. Junior Am, and um, we just talked about golf and life, and it was really it was really good to see him again. Um, great guy, and yep. uh, I'm excited to get there. So you you committed, man, it was over a year ago, wasn't yeah, it? Really. It seems like seven years ago, yeah. but uh, has it been uh, – you know, did it seem? Does it seem that long ago? And, and take me back to the recruiting process uh, of because you had a lot of a lot of schools looking at you. Yeah, I had a fair amount. I wouldn't say it was a ton, but mm-hmm. um, I just kind of uh, I always knew NDSU was there, and it ended up being the perfect fit. Um, mm-hmm. Things didn't go my way with some other schools, which I'm in the mean in the hindsight, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they didn't because I feel like I have a really good opportunity here. Um, but yeah, the recruiting process was. It was it was fun. It was challenging. It was kind of um, stressful at the same time. Yeah. Um, just kind of golf. It's it's all individual, right? So I mean, you play a bad round. It's like oh my gosh, like you things go through your head. But then um, I mean, they're watching you for a reason, right? They know you're a good player, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of what I had to remind myself. But um, yeah, I and part of the reason I did it early is because I wanted to get it done with, yeah. and I just to be able to play that summer last year, kind of stress-free and kind of know I already had my decision made mm-hmm. and um, talking to a lot of buddies that I've, um, from Minnesota who just committed or did it later than I did and they right. said, yeah, man, you did it. You just get I mean, sick of it after a while. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I mean, you did it early and it was probably the right thing, but um, everybody does it at their own pace and um, it just worked out for me that it happened early and I'm, I'm glad it did. Ian Simonich is the guest. This is Jeff Kopak on the Golf Show on 740. The Fan did you have anybody come after you, even though you already verbally committed? Because that happens all the time in football and all that. Um, not well. I had ne- uh, the Nebraska coach yeah. kind of contact me a few days after I verbaled, and I just told them, "Hey, here's the deal." Um, but I mean, from what I've under and understand, the football process is a lot different than the golf process. Yeah. So um, <laughs> right. it didn't happen a ton, but mm-hmm. uh, there were certainly a couple schools that kind of came in late. Yep. Um, but I already had already committed to NDSU and, and was set on that. The NDSU team, I think, I've noticed is, is you talk about culture. We talked about that earlier in the show. And I see culture within these guys because well, you're always together. You're traveling airports and you're playing together. Do you know a lot of these guys already? You, yeah. I bet you must just oh, playing yeah. these tournaments. Yeah, no, I've played with all of them at least once. Actually, on Tuesday I played with Nate Dezeal, yep. um, Brock Winter, and uh, – Oh my gosh! Oh, Jack Johnson, mm-hmm. and I've played with Nate Adams a few times this year. Um, yeah, so no, I've played with all of them. Um, I've hung out with them before. Uh, it's a really close group of guys, and you kind of have to be when you're on a golf team. There's eight yeah. of you. Yeah. Um, uh, and jo- even my roommates, Josh and Beck, we played a lot of golf together this mm-hmm. uh, this summer. So um, it is. It's it's kind of it is a culture. It's like a family. You they're all like kind of like your brothers when you go into it. Um, you're you're in the vans for six seven hours if you're going to Omaha or mm-hmm. you're flying to Arizona or the Carolinas. So um, yeah, it's a really close group of guys and um, it's gonna be fun. Are you prepared to study on planes and airports and all that? <laughs> no. Yeah. Not yet. No. no. I'm that's gonna have to. I'm gonna have to learn as we go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and ask the older guys, I guess. But uh, well, they do a good job. I, I, these guys are always all academic, so they they must be doing something right. Yeah, I just uh, I've always been impressed by that. The uh, looking back at um, y- your junior career, heading into college, I, the Pine of Palm obviously is a highlight 
What what would be the next, or is there something better? The junior boys, you sank what a putt to win it on 18th yeah. hole. That had to be and up that there. Was, that was over Brock Winter, Nate Adams. Oh, it was okay. Uh, yeah, we played together in the final round. Okay. I'll never forget that. Um, but yeah, that was that. I would say that's the tournament that kind of jump started my whole um, kind of my career, my recruiting process. After and your that. confidence, I bet. Yeah, no, definitely. It was it was my first MGA event ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 156 kids and. Um, I went out and had, really had no expectations and shot a bogey free 64 the, or 68 the first day um, and had a lead. And I was like, oh, my yeah, gosh. And yeah. um, Now thinking back, um, I'm very proud of myself on how I handled myself that second day because the nerves could, definitely could have gotten to me. Um, and I remember just staying steady and made a bunch of pars. And, yeah, I got up and down from a bad spot on 18 to win. Um, but definitely after that, and then I got into the state am and I played well there. And yeah. that's when coaches started to reach out to me and – um, the whole process started. So that was uh, the junior boys is definitely the the one to kickstart um, my whole golf. Before before I let you go, you mentioned that you're looking forward to seeing how your game uh, transcends to the college level. What specifically do you need to work on? Um, I don't think there's anything in particular. Nothing glaring um, in one aspect. Yeah, okay. uh, I know. That's a good start. Playing with these guys, they they hit a little bit past me right now, but mm-hmm. uh, they always say, "Oh, well, after the first year, once you get in the weight room, uh, you'll get up there and get better." Um, so I think with that being not hitting as far as kind of a lot of college kids will do, um, kind of my short game, just 100, 120 yards in. And yep. I've been working on that a lot lately and um, being able to score and, and putt. Uh, putter hasn't been as hot as it was last year. Um, so continuing to work on that, I think it's going to be uh, big for this fall. And yes, you has that indoor bubble, yep. which, by the way, is about 120 yards long. So yep. um, you're going to get a lot of work on that. And that short game facility, too, on the top floor of the shack yep. is really good stuff. Uh, Ian, impressive young man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having Thanks. me on. That's Ian Simonich. He is, uh, again, I don't want to jinx him, defending champ of the Pine of Palm. You'll do great. Thank you. This is Jeff Kopak. Stay tuned. Jim Bruflot, he's been the chair for several years of the Pine and has had a lot of great memories and a lot of great stories. Uh, the course is in fantastic shape. I saw you slam your club in anger and took the grass off its edge. I saw you look at me and wonder if I noticed And we are back. This is the golf show on 740 The Fan, 107.3 FM, the website 740thefan.com, coming to you from the fifth largest AM signal in the country. Thanks again for Ian Simonich for joining us. Um, wow, what an impressive guy. And he was 17 when he won it last year. We're going to continue with our Pine to Palm theme this week. Again, the tournament runs all next week. It's been a staple. It's been a tournament since 19, I don't know, 31 or something like that. Is uh, It's a crazy longevity Jim Bruflot is the chair of the Pine of Palm Golf Tournament. He's had some crazy longevity, too, I think, and it's about to come to an end. Jim, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jeff. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm talking golf. Nothing could be better than talking golf. I wish this was my only job. I'd, I'd, I'd have life by uh, by the throat. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you live, breathe, and die. It's just... Uh, it's uh it's sometimes it's a peculiar game but um mm-hmm. you know it's one of those things where i can't think of another sport that has really any more memories involved in it yeah i, I that's exactly right and, and first of all ian Simonich, uh you saw him win it last year as a young 17 year old what comes to mind well yeah from my vantage point on the top of the hill i watched just about all of it uh, mm-hmm. but um uh, 
You know, he's he's a very cool. Well, they all are. Uh, but he, considering he's playing uh, Pat Dietz, yeah, uh, that had to that that would be for me. It would be a little unnerving, mm-hmm. you know, because Pat's been around uh, a while, and uh, but he was very cool. Uh, his approach shots were cool. Uh, they both putted well. Um, you know, it's just at at that point in time, it's really hard to say what's better because you've seen so so much good golf during the week. Yeah. Let's talk about the history a little bit. Start 1931. It's been it as part of the resorters attorney, obviously with the or the what they call it the uh, the resort circuit. I think with the Birchmont it was the resorters. resort circuit. The Pine of Palm is the baby of the three. Yeah. Uh, uh, I Alexandra is celebrating their 100th right now, and I believe uh, Bemidji's maybe 96 years old, and we're 89. <laughs> Why do you think it is what it is with the longevity? What's the what's the attraction of this? Well, I, all of them, uh, all three of them started at just basically as that, as a resort. At one time, I believe there were 17 in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the, the three remaining. And, of course, the state is known for its uh, uh, vacationers. And certainly when I was growing up, that's the crowd that we had here. Uh we didn't have a young man show up until Dave Hanton out of South Dakota came here, and everyone was kind of wondering, I don't know what this guy's going to do, but he's not <laughs> going to beat the likes of Bob Sinseth and George Lee and Kenny Pins. Mm-hmm. But he made his mark, and from then on out, it became the youngsters. Yeah. Uh, but yet, there's still a lot of people that spend the whole week up here. They vacation here. They have cabins here. Yeah. It hasn't been, I mean, Todd Hillier broke through in 2010. He was... In his forties, I believe, when uh, he beat yep. a guy named Tom Hoagie. <laughs> think about that. Yeah, well, he, I think he had to be. He was either forty nine or fifty because George Lee was forty eight. Mm-hmm. Wow. So Todd still holds the oldest, uh, you know. And you know, Hoagie's great. Give him his due. But at that particular moment, the the wise man went to Hillier on the on the you know his club choice. There was a lot of win that day. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he did it. Hoagie w- was in the midst of tearing that course up. He shot a 62 the prior year, and as was a, as part of his being the medalist. Uh, is that yep. still the course record? Uh, no, no. Uh, Will Check has the course reg- uh, record. Former Bemidji State uh, okay. player from Roseau. At God, is it sixty-one? That's got to be somewhere around there, sixty-one or sixty. Yeah, he's he's got it uh, still. And I, geez, I'm sorry to say, he missed. He didn't get uh, registered in time, so he's on the waiting list to get back here. So okay, but I look at the at the names of the champs: Bill Israelson, professional; Mike Podolak went professional. Um, you know, Mike uh, Podolak actually is is the all time winning. I think winningest you consider the all time winningest Pine to Palm player when considering medalist trophies and, and titles. You have Andy Doden went professional. You have David Schultz professional. Uh, Kane yep. Hansen went professional. Ben Freeman, I think, gave it a shot for a while. Uh, up and down, I, I just go, um, who's it going to be this year? Who's in the field that's going to, who's our next professional? Oh, boy. That's the question, know. right? I mean, that's, we, uh, gosh, I just, I can't think of a, I can't think of a harder sport to become a professional at. Mm-hmm. It's it's a mind bending game. It's just uh, maybe chess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yep. You know because uh, you, you know you play. It's your mm-hmm. your great one moment. You're just 
you, you stink the next. I, I it, it's really hard to say. There's so many young kids. Some of them I don't even know their names. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of these kids. Uh, well, I didn't know Ian's name until he showed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I as as a younger kid, I can remember uh, a few guys that certainly would think, well, you got uh, Eric Van Royen, mm-hmm. and uh, he's professional, and uh, I I think Trasmar tried, or or I don't know, Trasmar was my first as chairman, my first champion. Mm-hmm. And boy, if I thought anyone was going to go anywhere, it was him. Another one's Ben Welly. Yeah, yep. Ben, ben gave you know, it a shot. I, yep. I, I think it's a year of some of someone who's done it before mm-hmm. uh, does it again. Intent uh, Rick Kuhn. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you a name. I was going to say, I'll give you a name of a veteran who I think is on the, who, who could break through is, is Rick Kuhn because he's A, he's so steady, B, he's smart. He's a veteran guy. He's been there. He was runner-up in 2018. Uh, yep. And so I, I think he's obviously still playing at a pretty high level. And the course isn't 7,500 yards long either. No, so, no, you know, and even though the, the younger guys, uh, you know, they get their bullets out and, and they, they hit it as far as they can, but uh, you get, you can get into trouble on this course fairly easy. It's not a, it's not a long course. So you just have to stay in the middle and approach well and putt very well. Jim Bruflot is, yes, a, yep. I, I think Rick Hewn is, uh, is probably one of the wiliest guys out there. He's a great guy. Jim Bruflot is the chair of the Pine of Palm Committee. This is Jeff Kopak. This is the Golf Show on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Jim, you're going to retire. Is that true after this year? Well, I don't know what's retirement. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, well, my job, you know, I don't work for Mr. Marcel anymore, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, I do. Uh, I won't walk away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to hang this up just because I, I, it's been a long, you know, it's, I'm tired. Yeah. And uh, Vern Schneidhorst is taking over as my assistant, and he's going to be one of the better ones. He's going to he's going to rank up there with uh, Gordy uh, uh, Grable and Bob uh, uh, Bob Gordon. Bob Gordon, yep. So I'm looking forward to that. What's the toughest part of that? What what wears on you after a while? What I'm sitting, not what I'm doing this absolute moment, but right. what I'm doing today. I mean, there's a few withdrawals and changing around, and you know, this is a this is new for me because uh, we've been full for almost a month and a half, almost two months, mm-hmm. and uh, maintaining that is difficult. I thought, you know, well, once you're full, you're full, but uh, I have extensive waiting lists. And so you're jockeying them around, and we have a lot of calls. Uh, can I get in? Can I do this? Blah, 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 blah. You know, can I give you my car if you let me in? You know, you know all this <laughs> other stuff. So it's uh, that's probably the the hardest thing right now. How During long? the tournament, the, the, the yeah. committee runs everything. I just I just get out of the way. How long is that waiting list, and, and when does it start to – when did it fill up? At what point, and when did the waiting list start to accumulate? Actually, we filled up on the 13th of July, and uh, the waiting list right now is about, well, we capped it at 464. Okay. And with withdrawals, uh, it would be 500. And we don't want 500 anymore. We just, with the weather uh, patterns the way they are, we just can't handle 500 uh, safely. 
But I would say there's uh, close to 100 on the waiting list on all five divisions. Wow, that's a lot of players. My goodness. It is, you know, and some of them got a little upset, and I told them, I said, well, you know, Bemidji went in two days, and Alex went in a day, and we took a month. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that may be t- uh, the things to come. Uh, it may... Uh, it may be a rush for three weeks to get in to get in, and it's closed again next year. Do you think this is a sign of the popularity of golf since pandemic hit, and everybody thought maybe golf would would take a dip, but it actually went the other way? Now, are you seeing the the results of that? Well, I think of most of the sports that you can play right now. That was the first that they really let uh, play and get together during the pandemic, mm-hmm. and that aided in it and i think a lot of people are just they're sick of being in the house and they wanted to get out and they miss it they're going to be here anyway it's tradition and uh, yeah i uh, i think uh you know there's, there's some generations that don't like golf as, as much as the nx but uh i think it's becoming more popular now and it's just been it's a great way to just get outside period yep, yep. Jim Bruflot is the chair of the Pine to Palm Committee. Stay with us. More of our conversation, our conversation with Jim and some of his memories as he finishes his reign as the chair. We'll be back right after this. Don't look at that brook with your sweet hook. You ain't gone in there. I put money on it, but honey, hold it. There's something in the air. That invisible string that... And we are back. This is the Golf Show on 740 as presented by Michelob Ultra. 107.3 is on the FM dial, always brought to you at the KRK Marine and Power Sports Studios. Jim Bruflot is the chair of the Pine to Palm Golf Committee. The Pine to Palm, of course, is all next week. A staple tournament. It's sort of sad, Jim, in a way that's kind of the end of summer for a lot of us. I don't know how you feel. Uh, well, it is for Detroit Lakes, certainly. Yeah. You know, uh, the fair's over now. Uh, Wee Fest is done in two days. Uh, it's ours. Uh, actually, the Laker Open has become uh, quite an attraction here, but it's mostly local. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it is. Um, uh, it's a somber time. I was talking to Greg uh, uh, Potvin the other day ahead of our rules, and, mm-hmm. you know, you do get a little melancholy towards the end. Yep. You know, it's. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes you get, you're just so tired and you just, you do a lot of stuff, but it's the next guy that walks up to you and says, you know, what a great tournament. And that, that does it just, yep. It does it for you. Yep. Uh, earlier this summer, we, we lost a, a former champ. Russ Newman uh, passed away unexpectedly. Russ was a champ in 92 and 94. Only Mike Podolak prevented Russ uh, from a three-peat uh, beating him in the 93 final. There were some interesting stories with Russ during that one on the famous shot that hit his brother-in-law's pickup and came back in. But uh, any memories yeah. of Russ? Uh, oh, you know, a lot of them. He would call me all the time. He would never call on the Pine of Palm. He would call me and want to know, you know. He says, you know, I'm having a tough time here. And he always did because he never wanted to leave championship. Mm-hmm. And I said, Russ, I says, it's not that you're getting, you know, but you're getting older. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think that, you know, you want to keep up with these guys, you go right ahead. It's your money. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, he says, I don't know to go to seniors, but I kept telling him, I said, you know, the seniors are the next toughest uh, division. Yeah. They, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm in, even including mid-am mid-am is a great division, but some of these seniors are just, uh, you know, it's, 
it's just that age group, I guess. And uh, it took some convincing to get him to go into the seniors, but mm-hmm. uh, he finally did. Yeah. And I, he, I, uh, we didn't live very far from each other here in Detroit Lakes uh, mm-hmm. in his lake home. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd, I'd see him uh, now and then. And you know, neat guy. Yep. Neat yep. guy. Personality, and then some for sure. The, yes. Yeah. The, the Legacy Award is an important award for your tournament. What is it, and uh, what's the significance of it? Well, it's the former Rutledge Award, and the Rutledge families just decided to end that and make a general legacy-type award. It has to do with that person who embodies the whole Pine to Palm structure, which is, uh, you know, visiting uh, fantastic golf, Mm -hmm. uh, dealing with bad weather, good weather, but they could be a part of the, the committee. They could be just they maybe work on the uh, at the DCC. They could be a golfer, former golfer, uh, anyone that just has just been you know involved with the tournament. Yeah. Uh, if you look at Mark, uh, you know he's got me beat by you know like fifty years. Mark uh, Gunderson, our head starter, mm-hmm. uh, he's been involved for sixty some years, mm. and uh, he just loves doing it. And so, and it, you know, a lot of people don't understand this. This is a volunteer position. And yeah. It's yeah. You get you get some perks, sure, but yeah, mm-hmm. we'll feed you all week long. But uh, you know, most guys or women, they take their they take the week off. I played. And this is what they do. I played the course earlier this summer. A fantastic shape. Is uh, is it continuing? Because and, and for a tournament to host this many rounds and golfers in one week is really. I think amazing to me the shape of the of the course. I'm guessing you guys are ready for it. This could be a tough one. Uh, you know, yes, it is nice, uh, but with you know, our, we don't we no longer water our roughs. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's brown. Everyone's brown. Uh, balls are going to probably be hard to find because they're going to just fly when they hit that uh, you know that hard pan. Mm-hmm. But what's there and what's green is an excellent shape. But I believe that when the tournament's done, it's it's going to look a little weary. Yeah, I would say. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. We got you know, there's just no rain, no nothing, and you can water all you want, but rain is is something completely different. When you look back at your time, what's uh, we talked about some of the uh, the tougher decisions you've had to make. Uh, let's 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 end this on a positive note. What do you what are you gonna what are you gonna look back and enjoy on in your time as the committee chair? Well, some of the things that we did during my tenure, you know, maybe uh, would, would float from Bob's to mine. Uh, we are totally on uh, a cell phone now uh, for scoring, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, we're, we're, we use Golf Genius, which is is it's a it's a great deal. We're totally computerized. When I started, we had five computers in that committee room. You I remember were in that? There. Yep, yep. And uh, because the, we couldn't find a system to uh, to pair all five divisions at the same time. So we had to do it individually. Mm-hmm. Now we have one, and we go through Golf Genius, and we've got two uh, computer gurus that are hooked into Jim uh, Hanneman at, uh, in Pennsylvania, and he's, mm-hmm. he's our guy for Golf Genius. And uh, it'll, it will, uh, well, let's put it this way. At the scores 10th, they'll have a computer. Yeah. Yep. And you'll come in and show them the phone or whatever, and they'll they'll put it up on the screen there and say, "Are you verifying that this is correct?" And then you say yes, and that's it. So there's not going to be a lot of paper trail, and uh, I think that's one of the biggest things for 
the newer generation, they, they're hooked to their phone. They want to be down at the hotel and find out who they're playing tomorrow. They don't want to have to run up to the course and look at it up <laughs> on the board. Yeah. Well, you know, and that yep. was, uh, whether I like it or not, that's the way it was. And, mm-hmm. and I think the biggest thing, though, that Wednesday night pairings used to go well into the early morning hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, and I know it had nothing to do with COVID, but last year we were out of there by 630. <laughs> think about that. Now that's streamlining well, things. Which, <laughs> I, think, I think I got a visit from my dad somehow that night. He says, you got to be kidding. You better go back out there. You yeah. forgot something. Something's a, you know? Yeah, something got screwed up. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it runs pretty smooth now. Are you going to be able to play in the tournament? Uh, you know, Jeff, I stink. I really do. Uh-huh. I I played all my life since yep. I was five years old, and I've never. I'm not a student of the game. Never was. I do it for just the enjoyment, the camaraderie, and I go out Wednesday nights. And if I only play once a week, I can't expect to be very good. So <laughs> well, no, I won't embarrass myself any more than I do on men's night. <laughs> uh, it's a. It's the great. It's the great. Uh, it's the great game, though. And I, I just. It I, is. Yeah. It is. I play with my grandson, and I'm just amazed. He's 16 years old. He's six four, and I can't believe how far he can hit the ball. And it's just, and he's a baseball player. You know, figure that one out. Oh, those so, baseball hockey players can can they can drive it a ton. Oh, well, hockey players can. Baseball sometimes they get that baseball swing. Yeah, it's just, guilty. Uh, as I'm raising my hand, uh, you know, as a former yeah, baseball yeah. player, yeah. Just, you know, and see, I was a hockey player, so I don't really have anything to blame but myself. <laughs> but he has very good tempo, and it's just fun to watch him. And, yep. I, you know, when he calls, man, I, I if I can, I drop everything and go out and play with him. Jim, thank you for your service to the tournament. Really appreciate it, and really appreciate all the time you've given us on this golf show over the years. It's been uh, it's been very welcomed. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And it yeah. means something for us to get it, to get some notoriety on your station. So Thanks. I appreciate yep. your, your help, too. Yep. Good luck next week, Jim. Okay. Thanks, right, Jeff. Thanks. That's Jim Bruflot, the chair of the Pine of Palm Golf Committee. This is Jeff Kopak. That'll do it for this edition of the Golf Show. Thanks again for Ian Simonich for joining us at the beginning of the hour. And, of course, for Jim Bruflot. And, again, thanks for his service. It's a lot of tough uh, hours when you're running a tournament. Good luck to all the players in the Pine next week. This is Jeff Kopak. Until next week, hit them straight.